All right, Heather. A, B, C, D, or the brand new E. You know what? I, I'm liking our new game. I'm going to go with E. The adding to our list of extraordinary people or whatever it's called. <laughs> it's the list of people for the council of good to rule the world. Um, do you have somebody you want to nominate? Yeah, I do. Who do you want to nominate then, Heather? <laughs> well, I and I'm kind of bummed out because I I do want a little bit more diversity than what I'm going to offer here. But I think Brendan Fraser should be in this because like the only thing you ever hear about him is how extremely nice he is. Like whether he's on set trying to make people feel like welcomed or like fans that are just fans because he's nice regardless of like what movie or whatever it is and like how extremely humble he is when people are fans of his and things like that. Um, So yeah, he's got a little bit of the Keanu vibe right now and I'm here for it. So I want to nominate him. Justin thoughts. Um, he's, I mean, I can't say I'm, not well well i can't say i'm not a fan of him like in a negative way like like i don't like him for any particular reason or anything like that but he's just kind of one of those actors that i'm like okay i mean he seems nice i haven't heard any negative stories um i i I couldn't call him a favorite of mine but he's never i've never felt like anything negative towards him i mean i don't like all of his movies but that's never that's not necessarily his fault i rarely Um, like his movies except for like the mummy (laughs) like i i don't think he's like top-notch actor he's fine depending on what he's in like he's done some things that i like but yeah i i would agree i don't think he's like extraordinary in his field more than anyone else but i would say maybe he's a little like maybe a level under Keanu as far as like acting, you know, maybe two notches under Keanu, but you know, but it depends on what he's in. You know what I mean? But, you know, I just think that he is like the most wholesome dude. And I think that's what the world needs. And he's also a huge animal lover, apparently. Okay. I guess maybe a better way to put it is that I just don't, I don't hear enough about him to have a strong opinion about him. I mean, I guess well, maybe that's what it is. I've got some stories for you then, Justin. That's fair. Um, and I've got some stories then about him that m- may help Heather's case. Um, so, you know, there's a Batwoman movie coming out, right? Mm-hmm. Brendan Fraser plays the villain in that movie. And apparently the main actor is playing Batwoman talked about how it is very hard in some of her scenes with him to act against him because he's such a nice person when the cameras aren't rolling that when it's time for him to be the villain and she's looking across like the, you know, the set at him as the villain, she has a hard time forgetting that he's just such a nice fucking guy to like (laughs) be like, that's my villain. That's cool. You know, I like that story. Yeah. And then a lot of people on Doom Patrol, like, because Doom Patrol had some new, like, 
some people that were kind of younger and acting and stuff like that when it started and stuff like that. And everybody was talking about how like they were just like, nobody was more inviting and welcoming to like any day on set than Brendan Fraser. Yeah. And I think, and I don't even know what movie it was, but I think some movie where he was starring with Leslie Mann. And I think that was supposed to be his wife or something. And like he would like send her flowers on set because you know they're supposed to be in love and all these things like he was trying to like you know be like hey this is something I would do for my wife and that kind of thing so that's kind of cool uh Georgia the jungle oh that's right that was, of course I he, he was in that, that. with uh, Leslie Mann yeah that's right yeah but I do get to that like <laughs> If you don't have a strong opinion, you know, it's totally understandable if you're not like sold on it. But especially like lately, just all the articles you see where people are like, I'm just in his fan club because he's the nicest person. Like, <laughs> that's the only reason, you know, so that's and I've just been hearing a lot of that in the past couple of months, especially because I think he's trying to kind of re reinvigorate his career or something. So there's just a lot of new stuff about him out about how he's just so nice on set all the time. But, you know, he just gives me a very wholesome feel about him. Well, it's not even that he's trying to, like, reinvigorate his career. It's that, like, people started giving him a chance again. And in doing so, now everybody's like, oh, my God, why do we ever let this guy go? Like, why was he, (laughs) like, why did he stop being in movies? Like, everybody who's, like, working with him. Like in anything recent, just all they talk about is how like great it is, like with him on set. So Plus who think, doesn't love the mummy, like the original mummy at least? It's so good. It really is. I, I can't deny that. It's what Uncharted yeah. wanted to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It wanted to be that action adventure comedy, you know. And it was something they, I mean, they were both movies. Let's be fair to Uncharted. It was a movie also. So. Yeah. And what was that movie with the rock and Emily Blunt? Oh, Jungle Cruise. <laughs> Jungle Cruise. Yeah. Jungle Cruise. It wanted to be the same thing. Mm-hmm. I will say this Jungle Cruise was more fun than Uncharted. Oh yeah. Way more. As much as I hated the love story they forced in there for no fucking reason, it it was still They're better just such than that. Charming people, <laughs> yeah, it yeah. was still fucking better than Uncharted. But you know, because I just realized a little bit ago that with the way we structured this with this whole game, I never get to nominate anybody since I just always ask you guys what to choose. So that You're would mean right. I would never get to or nominate anybody. So I'm going to piggyback off Heather's response of choosing E and I'm also going to nominate somebody and we'll vote for both of them when we're done. Voting for one does not mean you can't vote for the other. They each get their own vote. I'm going to put on there Issa Rae from the photograph and Insecure and uh, Lovebirds and other various projects. I heard Insecure is great. Insecure is a fantastic show. It's incredible. Yeah. Now, I have great in it. I haven't heard stories about her like we have with some of these other people. But I also haven't heard anything ever bad about her. I've never heard anybody say anything bad. 
she always just seems very fun and likable and personable in interviews. You know what I mean? Like you don't get any whiff of superiority or anything like that. She just seems like a very good, you know, genuine person. And maybe like I said, I'm going out on a limb because I haven't heard any stories about a lot of the stuff, but I just, I also haven't heard anything bad. Like in general, you know what I mean? Like there's no Facebook post or Twitter post of somebody going out there going, man, Issa Rae's a bitch. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) yeah, you know, I mean, she's also kind of a genius, like her writing and like her creativity in the stuff that she makes. Like she's super genius creatively. And she's also just a very, um, I use this word a minute ago. She's just a very charming person. Like you can't like, she's just so likable in her personality. Yeah. I, I do like her a lot. I get that. Yeah. Anytime I've seen her in interviews or anything like that, she does seem like a pleasant person. So, and I like her and she comes off that way in her movies and her performances as well. So I can see it. Yeah. So that's, that's why I wanted to nominate her also. So I guess we'll start with we'll start with Brendan Fraser. Uh Heather, yes or no? Yes for me. I was gonna say I know, but it's still we have to go we have to be official. Uh Justin, yes or no on Brendan Fraser. I guess it's a yes for me. You guys had good stories. You convinced me. I'll give him a yes too. So Brendan Fraser's in. So we have Keanu, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and Brendan Fraser official now. Uh, now on Issa Rae, Justin, what say you? Yeah, throw in. Let's get in this. Heather? Yeah, I'm in. I, I love Issa Rae. I'm in. I'll throw mine in there too. That's official. I wish I had a gavel or a gavel sound effect so I can make this more official or something or, or a bell or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I need to figure out something. I need a sound effect for this. But yes, so Issa Rae's in now too. So we officially have four members in now with Brendan Fraser and Issa Rae officially being added in there. I've got a few more too. I've actually got a few lined up ready to go in this. Do you want to do another one? I mean, it's up to you guys. How do you feel? Do you want a third? Or I mean, yeah, third one for today? Well, especially because you don't really get to, yeah, like you don't get an opportunity to just say, hey, I want to choose a letter and this is what I'm choosing. (laughs) And I honestly, I think that this one is, this one is, I think a very excitable one or that will get, you know, I think this one will have more excitement behind it because it'll also make you go, ah, yes. Why didn't anybody name her? Well, spoiler uh, sooner, but uh, Dolly Parton. Uh, How Mm. did I forget her? I, that's, yeah, I don't even need an argument for that. I love her. Yes. She's the biggest hearted person ever. Yes. Yeah, she's definitely up there. I could see that too. I mean, like, didn't she create Dollywood just to give people who didn't have jobs jobs or something? That's the story behind it. But that also could be urban legend because she yeah. is of the generation of musicians that still have legend behind them. You know? Um, but yeah. I mean, it is kind of funny, the stuff with her though. I mean, she did help finance the Moderna vaccine, you know, um, yep. then 
Uh, I know one of her big things with Dollywood is that like all her employees make like living wages. They all get health insurance. They all get, you know, tuition assistance if they want to go to college. You know, she really looks after people that work at Dollywood. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And she turned down um, being in the um, Rock Hall of Fame because she said she didn't feel like she was deserving of it. And then maybe one day she would take it if she felt like she was worthy of it. So she completely turned down the nomination because she's like, I'm not worthy of that. Yeah. Well, she didn't feel like she deserved to be in the rock and roll hall of fame. And she was like, you know, and I don't want to take away from other nominees. Yep. That might be, you know, more appropriate in the rock and roll hall of fame. And then also in doing so the rock and roll hall of fame said, fuck that you're still nominated. So (laughs) I didn't hear that part, but that's awesome. Yeah. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is like, right. nope, we still want you anyway. So, but she, I mean, she did her thing with it, you know. Yeah. And didn't she also, with the vaccine, like, didn't she also wait? Because she's like, no, there's other people that need it more than I do right now. So I'm going to wait to get mine. I feel like I heard that somewhere. She did wait a little bit into getting it. But then when she did get it, she did do like a, uh, like a, a, a viewing of it. Like they filmed it because she wanted other she wanted to inspire other people to get it, but yes, she did not. You know, which her being like I said, she put like a million dollars towards help funding it. She could have jumped the line if she wanted to, and just got it with nobody knowing. But she did, you know, wait her turn for whenever it was like her quote unquote phase to get it done, and then wanted yeah. to get it on camera so she could help inspire other people to get it. So, yeah. She's great. I approve of that one 100%. That's a pretty cool story. I didn't know about um, her and the COVID treatment. So, yeah, that, that's pretty neat. So Heather's made her vote clear. Justin, what say you? Yeah, that's a yes for me as well. All right, I'll make it three. Fuck, I need a noise. I've got nothing. I need a noise. You I do did. like an applause. I could, but it's it's a very stock applause but i could i mean i could do the yeah they're in an elite group so yeah the applause for sure Yeah, but i wish it was a better applause than that <laughs> like i said i want like a gavel so i can be like kr, kr, kr. it's official or like a like a, a, a bell dun, like, dun. <laughs> that would be a cool one yeah i'd get sued the fuck out of if i use law and order yeah, dun, dun, though or like a like or like a bell like you know where it's like ding ding like a like like at the end of a wrestling match you know Jason like the you know the the victory bell type of scenario yeah ding 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 yeah just record Jason doing it ding 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 <laughs> maybe one of these days yeah I'll have Justin send me something or ne- maybe next time you wrestle Justin just go and take your phone up to the bell. And just hit record for a second and send it to him. Okay. Yeah, it's make sure it's a priority. Hold on, guys. Before I leave, I have to get this for like my before podcast, the match please. starts. Just run up and just yeah. ding, ding. All right, I'll put that in my put that on the agenda. I just I want I want to see <laughs> the tweets afterwards. Real ahead like, of everything else, please. What was, what was Justin <laughs> the Living Proof doing? Like, why was he recording the bell? <laughs> All right, on that note, here's our theme song. 
And welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin. And today we will talk about what we like, didn't like, and everything in between with the movie The Northman. We will go spoiler-free, recommendations and scores, and then into a more spoiler-centric section. With all that being said, uh, Justin, what are your thoughts about uh, Viking Hamlet. <laughs> Viking Hamlet. Yeah, that's a appropriate way to put it. Um, I think overall, I, I think this was enjoyable to me. Um, it, it's definitely on the visual side. This is a w- w- when people talk about visual splendor in movies. I think that this is something that is synonymous with that. I mean, the movie definitely has a distinct look. Um, they they play a lot with the angles of cameras and close-up shots and stuff like that. And um, it's also got a way with lighting and shadows and color that I think is just very good. Like, like the cinematography is good. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of background... CGI and stuff like that. And if it, and if it was, I'm not sure about all the specific locations where they shot, but I imagine there was some computer ing going on with some of the locations, but wherever they were, it looked great. It looked beautiful. Um, there are just breathtaking shots in the movie. So I think from a visual standpoint, that might be one of its biggest strengths because the story, um, is a pretty simple one. I mean, if you saw the previews, you probably, you pretty much get the sense that, okay, this is a kind of a revenge plot type of story. And so when you have a plot like that, it can be pretty simple, but the, the story did take some turns that I didn't quite think it would. And I do think that that helped while it slowed the pace, I did expect this to be something a little faster paced. While some of the unexpected things in the story did slow down the pace, I do think it helped develop the characters. So maybe overall I was okay with that. Um, and, and there is kind of a plot twist towards the end of this. And I won't say that I, 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 I won't say that it completely blindsided me. I can't say that. I can't say that I didn't see it coming at all, but I can say I thought it was executed well. Um, the acting is very good in this. Um, Alexander Skarsgård, you know, me being a gym rat myself, Manny looked good in this movie. I mean, I think that this is the best he's ever looked as far as his, uh, just physically, his body and everything like that. And not only that, it wasn't just a reflection of him being in the gym. He really brought a physicality to this that I think was necessary for what this character is. And I don't think that can be stated enough. Like sometimes 
you know, people work out and they get muscular for roles. And that's one thing. It's one thing to have muscles for show, but it's another thing to be able to go with those muscles. So I think I could definitely say that about Alexander Skarsgård. He wasn't all show and no go. Like he definitely had to bring an intensity to some of those action sequences and scenes. And I think he really brought that, you know, his, the body definitely matched the energy that he needed for this character. This is a very brutal character that's gone through a brutal life and kind of had a brutal mentality, you know, and that's sort of his life. So I think you needed the actor to be able to match that. And I think Skarsgård really did do that. So uh, hats off to him. And he wasn't the only one. I mean, my girl Nicole Kidman was in this. And I mean, she was good. I mean, I I don't want to say when is Nicole Kidman not good. Somebody who will start naming bad movies. I don't want to do that. But for the most part, I will do that very quickly. I know. I know. (laughs) I know your ass would. So I'm not going to say that. But for the most part, Nicole Kidman. Well, if you separated her, like if you separated young Nicole Kidman from older Nicole Kidman, older Nicole Kidman's kind of been on point. Like, like she don't mess up too many times. You know what I'm saying? Veteran Nicole Kidman has kind of been on point. You know, whether you're talking about... never the worst thing about a movie, that's for sure. Yeah, whether you're talking about TV series or just some indie movies or whatever. Uh, Older Nicole Kidman, veteran Nicole Kidman's kind of been on point. And she's on point here too. You know, she's not one of the bigger roles in the film, but she was memorable, especially um, Important, when, sure. when the movie uh, gets to a, some certain scenes. Uh, Clias Bang, I hope I'm saying that right, um, who played Fenor in this. Fenor. Fenor. I hope I'm saying that right. If I messed I up, I'm like sorry. Fionor or something? Fionor. Fionor. Something like that, right? Yeah. You're, I think it you're right. reminds me of Thor's, Thor's Hammer. Yeah, it's it's kind of yeah, you kind of pronounce it that way. Yeah. Kind of like Mionir. Yeah, I think it is Fionir. He was good too. Um I I I liked him too in this. I thought that he did a great job too. Um and 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 lastly, Anna Taylor Joy was good too. So I mean, overall, I won't say I feel like I'm saying too much talking too much, so I'll let somebody else go. But overall, I think that's really what this is. It's visually splendid. It's a simple story, so I don't think it's difficult to follow or anything like that. And every actor just kind of brought it. And it's brutal enough and physical enough, I think, that there will be certain people that like this. And overall, the story, while simple, does do a few things that it... that. And it winds up being maybe more effective than I thought it was going to be. You know, I figured I knew how it was going to go and it didn't quite go the way I expected. So I'll give it a kudos for that as well. So overall, yeah, I I enjoyed this film. I can't say it's oh one of the greatest films. I don't know if I'm going to rave about it, but I found myself enjoying it. So I think I'm on the side of people who thought this was a good movie. All right, Justin, you said modern Nicole Kidman is on point. How recent is modern Nicole Kidman? 
what year are you oh, cutting man, off? I don't want to do, no, don't do this to me. Um, I'm just asking. Like past 10 years, probably? Yeah, I would go. Yeah, let's go that far. I would say the past 10 years. Let's just go there. All right. 10, years, what? That's, 10 years, you actually might save yourself. If you did 15, whew, ooh, I could spend <laughs> half an hour talking about the bad movies. What were you done. about to I got to know now. What were you about to say? Like, what were you well, about it, to name? Well, it what just movie depends. Because right, if you went back. If you went back and just said from year 2000 on, I mean, she starts it off with the others in Moulin Rouge. I'm not a huge fan of Moulin Rouge, but I get why people are, you know? Yeah. Same. I thought she was tight in that. I think in the others is a fucking instant classic. Oh, yeah. Shoot. I need to go back and watch that again. I haven't. I, <laughs> I know. That's a good that. one. I'm sure that's on our essentials, isn't it? It is. You have that on your essentials. Oh, it's yeah. Okay. Legit. As well. say, it's got to be on my list. Okay. We got to do that. Yeah. No, anyway, no, no. Anyway, continue. But like you get to 2003 and she's got Cold Mountain, which is just a boring slog fest of a movie. Then she's got Stepford yeah. Wives. And then she's got Ugh. The Interpreter, which I don't know if you guys ever saw that. It's terrible. I did see that. And then she's yeah, got, she's got, great. The, she's got that remake of Bewitched. Ooh. Ooh, that's bad. Yikes. Yeah, that was bad, too. See, and this is why I stopped myself, because <laughs> I didn't want to say she's always on point, because that would just be a lie. Yeah, um, it would be, because a couple of years after that, she did The Invasion, which is just, a, you know, one of the billions of Invasion of the Body Snatchers movies. But, you know, boring as fuck. Oh, and then she did Golden Compass, the one movie I have never seen uh, all of. Because no matter what, if I watch the Golden Compass, I fall asleep. <laughs> I have probably seen the whole movie in pieces. But I have never not started watching that movie at any point and not fallen asleep. I can't. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to say we tried to watch that one together. And yes, I vividly remember you falling asleep. I've just constantly <laughs> fell asleep with that movie. Uh, then she did Australia right after that, which is not good either. Is it just I never boring? saw that one, but yeah. I heard I heard it's bad just things though. Never boring saw as it. fuck. Then a few years after that, she did just go with it, which is that Jennifer Aniston Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, she's barely in it though. Hey, she's in it. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> in a couple of years after that, she did that movie, The Paperboy, which was supposed to be that edgy movie with Zac Efron, where it's like the older woman having the affair with the younger man. Nope, and she has to like piss one. on his legs because he gets hit by like stung by a jellyfish. Yeah, it's fucking dumb. But that that takes you to about fifteen years ago. Well, that takes <laughs> you to about ten years ago. So from that point on, she's been relatively better. I will give you that. I haven't seen all of these, but the ones I have seen her in from that point on tend to be good. I mean, she is in she is in Paddington One. I did forget that she's in the first Paddington. Which, don't get me confused, that is no Paddington 2. <laughs> but it's not bad. It's not bad at all. So, you know, and, and she's done a lot of stuff I haven't seen. But then Killing of a Sacred Deer, that's a good movie. Um, Top of the mm -hmm. Lake, which is a, a Australian TV series. She's pretty good in that. I have seen that and its sequel series. So I will give her credit for that. You know, she was an Aquaman a yeah. little bit. Yeah, it's not she the worst good. of the DCEU. That's fine. 
It's not, I'm not going to hold yeah. that against her. You know, she wasn't in any of the scenes where it was just, you know, generic monsters and blue lights and fire, like the entire end of this movie. So, you know, she wasn't in that. So that's fine. You know, and the big little lies, the bombshell, you know, she's done some good stuff since then. So yeah, yeah. bombshell and big little lies are probably her best in the past several years. Oh, also, yeah. she was the, so the, good. The little the lies undoing. was amazing. The undoing was great. She's great in the undoing. I saw that, but I heard it was mm-hmm. Hugh Grant. Um, you know, she was in that Netflix musical, The Prom. You know, with James Corden and all those people. Um, but I won't hold that against her because you know what, Meryl's in it too. Mm. So yeah, you can't hate on Nicole Kidman for being in a movie if if Meryl's in it too. You know, it's true. So. Man, Justin, when they brought Meryl into Big Little Lies, how excited were you? That was amazing. Man, that was just the the greatest thing for me. Meryl playing Alexander Skarsgård's mother. That was fantastic. Yeah, she was great. And uh, and Nicole Kidman has always been one of those people. I've always kind of had a celebrity crush on her. I think she's... That's fair. She's an elegant lady. Yes. Yeah. What did you say, Sterling? I don't know. What did I say? I don't know. I thought you were saying something. My bad. Oh, I was just saying it goes full circle. Because of Alexander Skarsgård. Just mm-hmm. full yep. circle back to Yeah. That. No, that was all I was saying. Mm-hmm. Um, it sure does. Didn't realize that till you said it, but yes, you're right. Um, You know... I'm very conflicted with this movie, though. Very, very conflicted because, ooh, visually, man, this movie is just downright breathtaking. Just expertly shot movie. Like, I don't think there's a single scene that is just not utterly pleasing to the eyeballs. They're just fantastically shot movie. My biggest complaint with it is, like, once you realize it's Hamlet, it gets kind of boring. Like, to me, it's a lot like a movie we did not too long ago, which was Denzel Washington's Macbeth. Like, mm-hmm. visually stunning movie, but a fucking story I've heard 90 billion thousand times. You know? So it gets kind of boring. Now, to be fair to this movie, uh, Hamlet was based on this. This is an old Norris like folktale. And Hamlet was based on it. You know, so being familiar with Hamlet or just that entire revenge plot that Hamlet kind of popularized and everything is now that the revenge plot is a rip off of fucking Hamlet. Hamlet got it from this. To be fair to this. Hmm. But the way I look at it, and it makes it kind of hard. Know what song I don't like? Hound Dog by Elvis Presley. Do you know what song I don't listen to? Hound Dog by Big Mama Thornton. 
If anybody doesn't know, Big Mama Thornton was the writer, was the original person to do Hound Dog. Elvis stole it. And Elvis kind of popularized, or, you know, popularized with white people, I should say, that style of music and all kinds of stuff like that. But it's all is based off theft and bullshit. So that taints the song Hound Dog for me. Even if it is the Big Mama Thornton version that is the original, I still have negative associations with the song because I fucking hate Elvis and I hate Elvis's version of it. Now, I'm, <laughs> I'm just using that as a correlation of, well, I'm fine with Hamlet and I'm fine with the revenge story. They are kind of boring now. We've just seen too many derivatives of all of it. So even though this was the original, this is what Hamlet st- or stole its story from. I'm still kind of like, yeah, I've seen it before. <laughs> just, yeah. We all know it. It's boring. And it sucks. It does. Because, like, if you ever listen to Alexander Skarsgård talk about doing this movie, he was so excited about doing it because um, the Amleth, yeah, his character Amleth, uh, the story of Amleth was like a, a, I don't want to say a children's story, but it's popular, you know, where he's from. So he grew up hearing the story of Amleth. So to him, it was like, fuck yeah, I get to be Amleth. The equivalent of playing Hamlet probably yeah. for him. You know, mm. but like, so to people in like Norway and shit like that, when you're like, dude, I get to play Amleth. Everybody's like, fuck yeah, dude. Unfortunately, in other countries, that means nothing. You know, we don't have that, 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 that connection to the story. And so it's hard to get excited for it based on that aspect of it. Because like I said, I watched this movie and I'm like, it's Hamlet. And so once you, once it clicks that this is Hamlet, you, you, you just know every beat of the story after it. Like, you know, Justin, you were talking about the twist in the story. I didn't really feel like there was one because it's the way the story goes, you know? Now, is that exactly the same as the story of Hamlet? No. But it's fairly close to it. You could tell where Hamlet stole its story from with it. They changed that little aspect, but you know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. It still hits the same beats. You know, when, mm-hmm. you know, Hamlet goes to free his mother, it's this. When Hamlet goes to fight his uncle, it's this. When Hamlet, you know, falls in love with the girl, it's this. You know, it's, you know, the girl, you know, where in Hamlet where Ophelia kills herself because... You know, Hamlet chooses revenge over her. You don't get that in this, but you still get the, this is what happens because Ulmuth chooses revenge over me. You still get that same story beat of Hamlet choosing or Ulmuth choosing revenge over love. You know, it's, so it just was kind of a little boring to me at times. But I will say this, the big saving grace with this movie, and to me it was, it is kind of the saving grace in Macbeth, but I think more so in this movie, because it did have some more action set pieces than something like Macbeth. But it, it's probably the most visually compelling version of Hamlet I've ever fucking seen. Like, it, 
it is a, just a visually stunning movie. It really is like that, that final fight when it starts, I didn't necessarily like it and I'm not going to spoil anything, but when the final fight starts, it has a very specific uh, setting and lighting uh, scheme to it based on the setting in which they're fighting. When it first starts, I hated it because it was like, it's a little too blacked out. It's a little too dark, but as the fight goes and it's kind of like, as your eyes adjust to watching it, it becomes a very compelling fight sequence by the time it's over with, you know, you're, you're visually sucked into it. Even, even if you know how the fight will end or whatever, they do a very good job of kind of storytelling through fighting with those elements. And so, so Robert Eggers was very smart with this movie. Like I said, by telling a story that we all know and we've all heard and seen a billion fucking times, at least he made this movie so visually compelling it helps make it feel redeeming to watch. Like it, it adds a layer of enjoyment of it. If you do kind of, like I said, like with me kind of phase out cause you get a little bored cause this is kind of a slow movie. And I don't mean that as in it's paced poorly. It's paced appropriately for its story, but it is kind of a slow pace. And that's because it is very methodical. It's a very methodical movie. And so this, it kind of helps, you know, with a lot of those things with it. And so while I didn't completely love this movie, and I I ended up seeing this movie uh, the same day I saw uh, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. And with both these movies, I felt like I should have enjoyed them more. But... Ultimately, I didn't, but I, I, they were still good. I'm still, you know, I, I wouldn't call it a bad day at the movies at all. Like both movies, I just think they were good. It's just a good, solid movie. You know, like I said, where it lacks this, it makes up for some stuff in this, some other ways. So it at least balances out in the end. It's where, let's say what, it's like two hours and is it two hours? Like exactly or two hours, 17 minutes, something like that. Yeah, like 217. 220, I think, yeah. 217, I didn't really feel the run length until the end. Like like right before the end scene. Like, you know, when it's like setting up the denouement. You know what I mean? It's getting to that point. I started to feel the length a little bit at that point, but not so much so that I'm like, oh, they need to cut 20 minutes out of this movie. It, it, it's It's fine enough where it is. You know, it's... You know, you maybe could have shaved a few minutes here and there. Some shots linger, maybe more than they need to. But, yeah, I think, you know, at best you could have gotten, you know, two hours and 13 minutes if you really wanted to get cut heavy on this and stuff. But it's it's not a bad little movie. Plus, all the acting solid. No one No one does a bad job in this movie whatsoever, acting-wise. Just all fantastic. Anna Taylor-Joy, even Nicole Kidman. I'll forgive her for bewitched. She does a good job in this movie. Uh, 
you know, even the the little bit of Willem Dafoe you get, a little bit of a little bit of Josh Hartnett, Ethan Hawke, where the fuck is in this movie? Fine. Heather, you're looking at me like you know the difference between the two. So don't, don't even give me that. I absolutely know the don't difference. Don't give me that. Don't get on your little high <laughs> horse. I can tell the difference between the same people. Whatever. 100% not the same people. It's the same person. You know, I just, it's a little weird seeing Josh Hartnett as Alexander Skarsgård's dad. That's all I'm saying. It's a little weird. I was like, he went from Pearl Harbor to this. Or 40 Days and 40 Nights to this, whichever movie Josh Hartnett and or Ethan Hawke was in. I don't have words for you right now. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's the same person. And I mean, they did a fine little job. They were in it for a little bit and they did a fine little job. It's also, I was just saying they did good, Heather. I don't know why you get all upset when Josh Hartnett mm-hmm. slash Ethan Hawke does good. <laughs> I... Both of them always, well, not always, but both of them I like. So, is it the order I put it in? Very different. If I said Ethan Hawke slash Josh Hartnett, would that be better for you? Uh, (laughs) Just separating them all together would probably be better. (laughs) Why? I don't know why you want me to separate the left side from the right side. (laughs) That's a little weird, Heather. It's a little cruel, in fact. Just let this one singular person be. Uh, recommendations, of course. Uh, yeah, I had a couple of things I wanted to Ooh, say though. First, so did I. You thought of something. Go ahead. I thought of something too. Yeah. Um. So my take on this is, Wait, I agree. I did let you go, right? N- no, but that's okay. <laughs> oh my <laughs> bad. I totally like in oh. my head. You had a turn. And then no, it's because I was just I trying to get the Nicole either. Kidman stuff. So Maybe that's fine. what threw me off. And then, yeah, we went from that to me talking about Nicole Kidman. Okay. So that's my bad, Heather. Like, it's just the way you started that with, oh, I just had a few things to say about it. I was like, what do you mean? You just got done talking about it. And then I'm like, wait, did she? My bad. My bad. You were just really not sure if it was Josh Hartnett or Ethan Hawke. So you were confused. It's fine. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> How, it's the, They're the same person. So either name is the right one. Anyway, go. (laughs) Um, So I, I do agree. I think that this movie is like, it's a visual treat. Like, and I was talking with a friend of mine about this movie and she made a good point about how, if you are into movies for just the art of the movie, if you're into a movie for it being art, this is, this is for you. But if you're in it for like the narrative piece of it, not so much just because it is a very classic revenge story. And, um, but, and I will say, yes, I did get the Hamlet aspect of it, but I'm also with Jason in the twist of it. I actually thought that it was going to go a different way. So I, I kind of agree that until I figured until they showed like sort of what the twist of this movie was, that's when I was like, okay, this is Hamlet. You know what I mean? Before that, I was like, "Mm," you know, it was deciding between a few things of like, what does this remind me of? Right. But that twist, I actually just thought was going to go in a very, in a different direction. Um, So I agree on that aspect where it kind of, for a second, threw me off what they did with that. But it didn't take long for me to be like, oh, okay, that kind of makes sense. You know, but um, 
I just, I do think it's the most beautifully stunning version of it that I've seen. And, but unfortunately, like you said, Sterling, I, I just think that if this movie weren't so beautiful, I I don't know how memorable it would be above really any of the other stories very similar to it. Um, Taking out the, the gorgeous cinematography and all of that, it's really just very standard, basic, nothing special about the story itself. Although the acting is, of course, really, really great. Like Alexander Skarsgård is insanely good in this role. Like he did a great job. He he left it all out there. You could tell he was just acting with everything he had in him. He was great. Um, Anya Taylor-Joy is always really good. I think she was good with this character. Yeah, Nicole Kidman, the guy who played Fjolnir, or whatever his name is, Fjolnir, <laughs> he was great too. He was a great villainous, menacing type of character. Um, you know, and, you know, like you said, Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke <laughs> was really good in this. <laughs> Josh Hartnett. Um, Got it. <laughs> but to be honest, like, and I'm a fan of Ethan Hawke. I think he he does, um, you know, he does really good work. I actually think he would have been the good villain in this too. Like if they had switched roles, I think it would have worked just as well. Like I think Ethan Hawke could have played that villainous character. Um, I think he would have been good at that. But for the part that he was in, yeah, he did a good job with it. Like everybody really brought their A-game acting wise to this movie. Um, and that's kind of what made it interesting and intriguing. Like the, just how much they were pouring into these characters is really kind of what draws you in, even though you know what the story is. Mostly it's very predictable what's going to happen, but because of the different elements and emotions that they're bringing to these characters, you're seeing it in a different way. At least I was, you know, so I, I think that that really was a benefit for this movie. Um, but unfortunately, I can't necessarily say it's a movie that I would watch again, necessarily. I mean, if it's on, sure. But it's not one that is going to stand out to me as like an all-time classic anything. You know, it's a fine movie. Um, but I think just because the story is very run-of-the-mill, what we've seen before, and nothing in it, most of what was in it was not very surprising um, I think that was really what did it like, not that it's a bad story to tell. It's just, again, we've heard it so many ways and so many times that by the time you figure out what is going to happen, you're just like, okay, I just want to see how visually they're going to make this look. <laughs> and that's kind of what I was doing with most of this movie. Um, I think the cool, like the, the dream sequences and stuff like that were really, really good. I think they were beautiful. Um, I think that was some of the best part of the movie, but um, but yeah, so I, I agree. I think it's very, um, very stunningly beautiful. It's, it's a beautiful way of telling the same story that you've heard. So that's kind of my takeaway from it. And once again, I blame Justin for me forgetting that Heather didn't go because he challenged me to find bad Nicole Kidman movies. So <laughs> I just, I blame him. I got wrapped up in it. I was like, all right, I need to think of time frames in which Justin can state when she got good because I need to be prepared. 
Yeah, I should have known. I just opened up Pandora's box, even asking you. I don't know. I, I don't know why I thought it would just be a quick response. Well, I didn't like this, that, this, and that. But I should know it is never quick when it comes to you. So I don't know why I did that. So sorry, Heather. I opened up that box before you had oh, your good. turn. It's, you know, it was it was worth the debate, <laughs> you know. And unlike you guys, I don't, I'm not really a fan of Nicole Kidman. It, in the totality of her career, has she probably been in more good movies or good roles than bad? Yes. But weirdly enough, I think I've just seen more of her bad roles. Yeah. Like also she's in the Ricardos that being the Ricardos. I forgot about that. She's really great as Lucille Ball in that. But, um, but I, yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying, but also I feel like it's a situation where kind of like we talked about with Nick Cage, I don't think she's ever really the worst thing in whatever movie she's in, you know? I don't know. Did you see <laughs> Bewitched? You know what? I didn't see it. I did not see it. I have seen yeah. Bewitched. I don't yeah, know what's worse, really her or Michael Caine. They're both terrible in that movie. Will Ferrell is not the worst thing in that, in that movie. He's not. He's not at all. Okay. Yeah, he, I don't know. Uh, if it were a sports analogy, she's like, like, she's, is she a legend? I think so. She would you is, call her a legend? Uh, like, would she be a Hall of Famer? Like, if it was sports, yeah. she'd be a Hall of Famer, right? Like, she she's a be, legend. She would be just off of star power. Yeah. The name Nicole Kidman holds weight. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's why AMC she's, can do that freaking commercial with her. Maybe that's <laughs> the other reason why I don't like her. I'm fucking tired of seeing her commercial about going to the <laughs> movies when I'm in the fucking movie theater. Quit telling me to go to the movie theater when I'm fucking sitting in the seat. Stop it. <laughs> That's not her fault that they play that. But but like it's her fault um, for taking the damn role, Justin. But um it's but her I don't best know. role. <laughs> Maybe there is a bias in me just because of the whole like childhood, just growing up with their celebrity crush thing. So maybe I'm a little biased because I just I just smile when I see her. But when I think about back when you did like your um, who are the greatest actresses and actors like list that we did. If you remember like last year, a couple years ago, mm -hmm. so many people said her like she really I mean, she's a two time Oscar winner, if I'm not mistaken. Like she's oh, good. Yeah. yeah. You know what she's... I mean? And and it is a star power, too, because it's like you hear that name and it's like, you know, people are going to take it more seriously because they're like, oh, Nicole Kidman's in it. Okay. You know. Yeah. And I don't know how to say this. I can't really say, well, the women in her class, it's not like they, you have these class of actors where you can go the class of, uh, class is probably the wrong the wrong word. Maybe League, era maybe? is a better word. Um, her but her you era, know, like of, yeah. Okay. Like. Because, you know, there are all these other actresses that were there with her at around the same time. And a lot of those actresses, you don't even hear about them anymore. But she's like still there. You know, she still kind of has that star power. She has that way about her. There's there's like an elegance about her. There's just kind of a respect I have for her. Like, that's how I feel. Like, she's just one of those people I feel that is she's one of those actresses that 
when you think about Hollywood actresses, I feel like she is one synonymous with it. Like she has earned that status. She's not Meryl Streep. You know what I mean? She's not that as far as I think acting skill or anything like that. But I I would have to say she's up there. Like if I made a list, a top list, she's going to be somewhere. You know what I mean? For actresses, I think she would be somewhere. So I don't know. Maybe it's just that. I just have the utmost respect for her. You know? I mean, and there's no real like actor or actress really that doesn't have some bad movie they've done. Like I can think of very few actors that haven't had at least one movie where you're like, ooh, why did you do that? Like But that just shows you, know? you haven't watched Bewitched. <laughs> I, I and I haven't. I haven't. I admit that I haven't. But. She, she kinda had a bag of bad movies for a moment there. She ooh, just had like a big bad too. Like, I feel like, like she was in a phase bag. of trying to prove she could do other stuff than just like the Oscar winning roles. You know, like well, I think she was trying to prove that she could do other stuff. I, I yeah. do want to. Cor- I do want to correct. And I will us give on her that. that. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just want to correct us on that. She has only won one Academy Award. Mm, okay. She's been My nominated okay. five times. Nominations she, though. She yeah. won. She won for the hours in right. 2003. Yeah. But she was nominated for Moulin Rouge, nominated for Rabbit Hole, Lion, and being the Ricardos. But she only won for the hours. Yeah. yeah. And, and acting-wise, I think that's accurate. That That's probably her best movie, acting-wise. I, I love the hours. But it's really I mean, sad yeah. and dramatic. And, Depressing. Yeah, I'm not going to be She's like, just- oh, yeah, you want a fun time? Go watch the hours. That's for like... Hmm people who like that drama shit you know i would recommend that to them she's just very she's a classy celebrity and she's got so much star power that people forget she was even married to tom cruise at this point and tom cruise has all the star power so like that's how much star power that she has like people don't even like care about the fact that she used to be married to tom cruise and that wasn't her like you know hanging off his tailcoats to get somewhere like she was she's on her own like doing her own thing you know like she's just i agree i think she's really a well-respected good actress yeah and she's got longevity that some of the others yeah from her era just don't have you know she's still here she's still around and there and even though yes she has that grab bag of bad movies i do think that something can be said about just her I don't know if open-mindedness is the word, but her willingness to take lower roles, sillier roles. I've seen her in indie movies. I've seen her in big budget movies. She'll do the comic book stuff. She doesn't seem to have, she doesn't have that aura about herself like, oh, I'm too good for this. And I kind of like that, you know, even though really she could be that way, you know. And the thing is with her, and you guys should have used this against me, and why I should love Nicole Kidman. And that's because uh, her and her husband, avid Tennessee Titans fans. Oh, oh see, I didn't okay. know that. Did not know that about her. Yeah, because they live in Nashville because of Keith Urban, you know, so they live sense. in Nashville yeah. and yeah, like season ticket holder, love Tennessee Titans. So Nicole Kidman is actually at a lot of Tennessee Titan games. 
Nice. That's tight. See, there's just another thing about her that's hella cool. She goes to right. football games. I mean, you know, she really isn't a terrible actress. Maybe just when I truly got into the, like, I want to just watch movies all the time outside, of, you know, when I got away from, I'll watch the same movies all the time to I'll watch movies all the time. Um, That's when she was going through her weird bad phase of just either mm. bad movies or just schlog fest movies, you know, because it was like Bill Witched and then it was fucking Stepford Wives and then it was Cold Mountain. And I'm just like, I don't fucking want to watch any of these movies like, you know, and so maybe that's why I associate some negativity with her. You know, but I mean, going through her list, I kind of, you know, Justin did kind of prove me wrong with the idea of current Nicole Kidman has been more on than off, you know. And I mean, I guess that's what you want from an, like any actor. You just want them to be more on than off. So. Right. It is what it is, you know, so yeah. I'll eat some I'll eat some humble pie. When it comes to current Nicole Kidman. But I mean, come on. That early 2000s was rough. That's all I'm saying. Early 2000s. Her and Big was Little Lies rough. makes up for any bad thing she ever did. You, She's so good at that. You say that because you've never watched The Stefford Wives or Bewitched. <laughs> no, you you gotta, you've you, never seen Big don't Little Lies. Don't, don't watch them. Don't watch them. Just concede <laughs> what he's saying. Don't watch them. Please keep your, don't. Your, keep your viewing of her just pure and sacred. Please don't, do. Don't taint them <laughs> with those movies. Please do. Please do. Anywho. Yeah, yeah anyway. Go. Recommendations and score. So should I just title this episode The Northman and Nicole Kidman's Career? <laughs> Pretty much. It's only with Nick Cage, too. I think, yeah. well, but yeah. I mean, that movie was about his career, though. Like, yeah. that, you know, that at least was about his career. So us going on tangents is kind of what that movie is in a way, because it, it's a love letter to the career of Nicolas Cage. I mean, this movie, like this, this episode so far has been like 50-50, the Northman, Nicole Kidman's career, just right down the She's middle. She's not even like the biggest character. It's amazing that we're talking about her this much. <laughs> I know. It's like she wasn't even the biggest character in this movie at all. But I mean, like, but hey, I'm, never gonna, far, yeah. I'm never going to not, I'm never going to object to talking about Nicole Kidman, so... <laughs> I don't care gonna, if you put a name on the episode. Are we going to break down Alexander Skarsgård's career? Uh, he was in True Blood, and he did a movie where he spliced fiber and looked like a nerd. Um, apparently, he's in Big Little Lies. Um, he was Tarzan in this. I, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to his career, but I'm just like, that's not a lot to break down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I will say this. He was what, Eric Northman, like 15 years ago or whatever? Looks the fucking same. Like, yeah. Just more ripped. Yeah. He's, yeah, that's the crazy thing. He's, he's more ripped than when he was the super ripped vampire. Like, Jesus. <laughs> you know, I kind of want to get into like a, like a diatribe about unfair standards for the male human form. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not accurate to Vikings. Like to actually no. get historically accurate with it, Vikings weren't ripped. 
like people back in the day, like the Spartans with 300, none of them were ripped. But Vikings, Vikings tended to be hefty men. Mm. They used to have guts, you know, um, it's, it, you got to look at it like this. You know, a lot of people in movies now, they look like bodybuilders. More often than not, historically speaking, strong people look like power lifters. Power lifters yeah. are bulky guys. Yeah, they're really burly and kind of yeah. thick guys. That That is true. That is true in a lot of cases. Yeah, exactly. You know, because you actually want the mass. And, you know, it's they've just got all this muscle under it, but you want the mass too. And, you know... And that's the thing is actually like, that's what majority of Vikings look like. And they had a few of them in this movie. They had a few background bulky Vikings, but it's just unfair when Alexander Skarsgård's up there looking like the fuck he does. Jesus. Anyway, um, Heather, recommendation scores. Um, oh, it's so tough to say. Like, you know what? I, I will recommend it because it's so incredibly visually stunning so i and i do think that the acting performances do make it worth it to see it i think it's a once through watch um like i said like i'm glad that i watched it but i don't see myself going back to ever re-watch it necessarily for any specific reason but it is a artistically beautiful very well acted movie so i'll give it that so yeah it is worth it for that but again the story is just the same old, same old. And, um, it, and it, because the movie was on the longer side, it did feel at points like it was a little slow and I'm not even saying boring necessarily just slower, you know, where I'm just kind of like, okay, I'm ready for you to get to what's going to happen kind of thing about it. So, um, but yeah, I, yeah, I'll give it a once through recommendation. Um, hmm. I think I'm going to give it, um, I'll give it 60, um, Bjork as a crazy evil looking witch out of a hundred. Gaston, what about you? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to recommend it also. Um, I think I fall in a similar category to you guys. It's a good movie. But I just didn't walk out thinking it was great for things that we talked about, like the story, the plot, you know, wh whether you see it coming or not, because you're familiar with Hamlet stuff or whether you don't know any of that and you just watch it. I think it's so simple in its plot and it's pretty straightforward. It doesn't really do enough with it to make it an excellent story. You know what I mean? Like, it's never going to be that because it's too simple. The narratively, it's too simple. So it's just one of those movies where its strengths are in, like we said, the strength of it is what it does visually. And it's a lot of the visual storytelling that is like what is great about this movie, not so much the literal narrative that is great. So, uh, so really, it's just the sum of its parts. Overall, it is a good film. You know, is it enjoyable? Yes, I did enjoy it. Um, but I wasn't riveted by it. You know, it's just kind of one of those that it'll be there. Like, you know, I don't know. Like you all said, I don't know if I would watch this multiple times either. You know, if some, if a friend wanted to watch it and said, hey, 
will you watch this movie with me? Sure. You know, sure. I'm never going to say, Ugh, I don't want to watch it. But yeah, I'm not going to be going to the theater a second time to see it or anything like that. You know, the the one time was good enough, but I recommend it. You know, you, you could do a lot worse than this, you know, at the movie theater. And, and I don't, and I think if you do watch it, it looks good enough. The acting is good enough. And the story is simple, is simple enough to where overall, I think a person will enjoy this. So with that being said, we're going to go, um, I don't care. I'm going to do it. Um, we're going to go because this just because I laughed when this happened. Um, we're going to go with 75 um, scenes of Nicole Kidman telling her son that his sword is very long out of 100. I have to do <laughs> it. I'm that. sorry, Nicole. I had to do it. No, we'll be getting to that. Uh, I mean, I do recommend it. It's good for a watch. You know, it's it's visually shit you haven't seen in many movies before. Yeah, watch it. Good watch. Yeah, I'm kind of like you guys. I'm probably never going to watch it again. But if I'm sitting around with somebody and some people or whatever, and they're like, hey, what's this Northman movie? I've never seen it before. Do you want to watch it? I'll go, yeah, it's fine. Let's watch it. But I'm not, I'm not going to probably ever actively look to watch this movie again. But there are worse things, you know, people could want to watch if they've never seen it. Yeah, sure. Tell them to watch this movie. It's fine. You know, you're just two hours. You're just going to get a visually great movie with a story that you've just heard a billion times. With some, with some really good acting performances. So, yeah, there's infinitely worse things out there to watch than this movie. You know, it's just, it was a good enough time. You know, and I did enjoy watching in the theater because that you know, up on that big screen with that big fucking Dolby digital, fucking great. Yeah, that was worth saying. It, yeah. it was tight in the movie theater. It was tight. Exactly. You know, and like I said, I saw it in, in Unbearable Weight of Massive, or yeah, the Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent back to back. You know, like I said, good little day at the movies. I've had better days. But I've definitely had way more worse days than that. Getting two good, solid movies, I'll take that any day of the week than even just two good movies and a bad. Two good movies and a bad, oh, that can ruin it real quick. Especially if that that bad movie is the last one you see. Oh, so you're leaving with that bad taste in your mouth? Ugh. It's second to if the bad movie's at the beginning. Bad movie's in the middle you kind of start good, get bad, but then get good again, so you leave okay. But if you start bad, even if you get two good movies, it's still, you just start the day going, man, fuck. And that's just not a good way to start the day. It's like if you wake up and, <laughs> like for a day at work, and the first thing you do when you get out of bed is stub your toe. You're going to fucking yeah. hate that day no matter what. Everything else could go right. And you're still going to be like, man, that was a shitty day. Started it by stubbing my toe. And then somebody goes, well, what else happened? Nothing really. I hit every green light, <laughs> no traffic, weather was beautiful. And they're like, well, it sounds like you're a pretty right. good day. Motherfucker, I stubbed my toe at the beginning. What are you talking about? That day sucked. Right. You know, or the, like, and like I said, 
or it could be like you could have a really good day, but the last thing you do before going to bed is stub your toe. You're going to say it was a shitty day. Like, so having a day where you just don't stub your toe and it was just a whatever day, it was just an okay day. That's, that's a win. So this was a win at the movies. And this was, like I said, just a, a fine little thing to see. Not, not excited about it, but I didn't hate it. You know, I liked more than I didn't like. And, you know, in our current cinema climate, I'll fucking take that any day of the week. I'll take just a movie that's good. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want mediocre movies. You know what I mean? That's still bad at this point. I still don't want to watch a movie that's just 50-50 didn't try. But just a good movie, I'm like, fuck, okay, good. Yes. Give me just good movies. With a few greats here and there, I'll be fine. Like... Yeah, I'm just, not every movie I'm, has to buy for that great. Sometimes you just want to watch something good. Just be yeah. like, all right, cool. You know, like how much like I'm and I don't mean to sound like an elitist when I say this, but how much is a movie ticket nowadays? And I just say that because I get like I, I have a subscription service for my my movie tickets. So I, I haven't had to buy a ticket in forever. You know, I just pay 20 bucks a month and I get my tickets. Um. But I go, you know, we go to movies like almost every week. So it, it balances out for me. But like, but they're like what? Between like 8 and $12 on average, I would assume. I think yeah. it's more than that now. Yeah, it might be like more like 15 like 13 to 15 Okay. Yeah. So let's just say like yeah. a $13 ticket, whatever. It, it's probably worth a $13 ticket. I wouldn't feel bad about spending 13 bucks to yeah. watch this movie. Yeah. You know, if it's like a $20 ticket, you know, maybe not. But that $13 ticket, no, it's not bad. You know, it's it's worth the price of admission, I should say. You know, it feels like that. It's that type of movie. Which, you know, sometimes that's that's a good day. You get a movie worth the price of admission. You get some fucking popcorn. Call it a day. Worst ways to win the, to spend a Saturday. I'll say that much. Uh, 70. I'll get a 70. Um, they really liked to, f- like, wanted to fuck their mothers back in the day out of 100. <laughs> yeah, I knew that was coming. Yeah, just, uh, spoilers? Yeah. Yeah. Spoilers. I want to know how the fuck humanity made it past all the years of wanting to fuck their mothers. Because I feel like every ancient <laughs> culture wanted to fuck their mom. Like, because every every old story wants to fuck their mom. It's so weird. How did how did as a civilization, like as a species, how the fuck did we make it make it past our we want to fuck our mom stage? I just to be <laughs> fair. It seemed more like she wanted to sleep with him. That's but fair, still. but that's the thing is it feels like a weird fantasy that like right. the creator of the myth was like, man, wouldn't it be great if your mom wanted to fuck you? <laughs> Yeah, but you want to be cool and tell her no. Like. Oh, no. It's just weird. Because, like, Oedipus, like, the Greeks yeah. were the same way. I'm not, I'm not, but the Greeks were the same way. You, the whole story of Oedipus is, that, that's why they call it an Oedipal complex. You want to kill your father and fuck your mom. Like. Right. It's weird. Mm. Ancient cultures just For wanted sure. to fuck yeah. their moms. So weird. Anyway. 
I, I do actually kind of wonder if there's like an anthropological reason why that was a common thing in folklore. You know, in mythology and folklore, why did so many cultures want to fuck their moms? I'm curious if there's a reason behind it. Hmm. At well, least I know Disney, that. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, at least Disney cut that out of their version of Hamlet with, with Lion King. At least Simba didn't want to fuck his mom. <laughs> well, you know how, like, nowadays, um, or I don't know how popular this still is, but I know that at one time, wasn't that, like, a big thing as far as, like, the psychology of men and stuff like that, like, wanting to date someone that's their mother or well, okay. wanting yeah. to, like, your relationship with your mother coincides a lot with what you want to find in a partner or what you want and don't want and stuff like that. And, you know, there's this whole psychological thing that's tied with men and their moms and how they treated them versus how they were treated, et cetera, et cetera. I wonder if it goes back as far as those cultures too, so that you have sort of these perverse things where maybe you have these authors or people that, sort of model some of these characters behind some of that. I wonder if uh, if all of it's related in a way. Just hearing you say that, you know. I've even but seen that you, joked about, like in movies yeah. and stuff like that. You oh, know, no. a guy will be like, I don't want to, you know, a guy will be like, I don't want to have sex with my mother. Oh, what are you talking about? But really they were talking about the psychological things, you know. So I just wonder if somehow it's kind of related to that. Well, then I also wonder when you bring that up, I wonder if that developed in psychology because of all the stories throughout humanity of people wanting to fuck their moms. Like, uh, because some of that stuff, like a lot of that type of stuff is, I don't want to say debunked, but it's not as like psychologically mainstream as sometimes like TV and, and movies portray it to be so. Hmm. You know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah. Because a TV show or a movie, they always want the overly simplified version of something. You know? Because it's easier to translate and yeah. absorb. Like, you know, if you watch movies and TV shows, you know, if you look at something like, uh, like based in the realm of criminal justice and like movies and TV shows, they're looking at stuff and you're thinking fingerprints are infallible. DNA is infallible. Uh, eyewitness testimony is infallible. Confessions are infallible. And so much of that plays into the mindsets of juries on trials because they see it on TV shows and they're, they're more or less conditioned to feel like that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. And in practical application, none of that is true. Just none of it. Yep. Even Very confessions true. are not really as ironclad as you would think you would think the idea of somebody going, I did this would be a good indicator of whether or not they did it. Nope, not at all. That's actually one of the worst things that could happen in a trial is having a confession in some instances. Now, if it's like a confession and they want to plead guilty, that's one thing that, you know, that might be, but sometimes you might get a confession and then a recanting, and then, you know, they go to trial. And but what do what what does the district attorney do? Because they know the jury's conditioned for it. They say, hey, he confessed. 
doesn't matter if he didn't, you know, it doesn't matter if he didn't know any of the facts or didn't know anything else. He said he did it, though. That's all that matters. And, you know, yeah, kind of like the whole that's what the, the term like Freudian slip is. Yeah. When you have like an error in speech or judgment or something you've said, like they give the example of like, you know, calling your wife, your mom or something like that. And it's like, mm. oh, a Freudian slip. And that's where that comes from. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same. Yeah. It's the same type of thing. Like you call your wife by uh, your mom's name and like, you know, on Freudian psychology levels, a, a lot of people that really prescribe to the Freudian type of stuff would go, hey. That means you want to fuck your mom. Right. Or it could be that, you know, the human brain is insanely complex and it's very easy to get verbally shit confused all the time. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you guys have done this. One of my worst things is if I'm looking at somebody and talking on the phone, like say I'm looking at one person, but I'm talking on the phone. I might call the person on the phone the name of the person that I'm looking at. Knowing that's not what I'm doing, you know what I mean? Or if I just got off the phone with somebody else and you call someone and you say the wrong name, you say the name of the person you were just on the phone with or something. Like Mm -hmm. I do shit like that all the time. Or if you're having a conversation about somebody, you know, like you're talking to somebody about someone else. And then the next thing you do is you call the person you're talking to the name of the person you were just talking about. Like I do shit like that all the time. And, you know, part of my problem with it is since I do kind of, you know, fall on the spectrum of ADHD and stuff like that, my mind is going faster than my speech is. So I jump ahead or I'll jump to like my speech is trying to keep up with my brain. My brain is like three sentences ahead of where my mouth is. So sometimes I end up jumping to another sentence, not realizing I didn't cover the stuff between. And so in doing so, I might say someone else's name or say, you know, it's just kind of the way I fall. It's also kind of why I have a very slow, interrupted speech pattern at times. Is I'm trying to refocus my brain to two sentences back. You know, I'm trying to like readjust where my thoughts are versus what I'm saying. You know, and so I have like a ton of what people call Freudian slips, just I'm saying things that in my head I'm actually caught up to, but my mouth's not yet. So I slip and people are like, Oh, that means this. I'm like, no, it means my brain is faster than my mouth. Like it's just the nature of the beast sometimes, you know? And, but yeah. And that goes back to like what Heather was saying, what we were talking about. It's pop psychology. It's way easier to, overly simplify massive amounts of psychological theories and principles and ideas into like these keywords and code words and buzz topics than it is to actually break down the minutia that is the fucking human brain. And yeah. And all those complexities cause it's hella complex, but we always try to simplify that shit. Yeah. To everybody. Like, that's the other thing, too. Not not only are we overly simplifying the generalizations of stuff, we're oversimplifying the idea of individuality. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it is impossible to diagnose somebody as anything if you never talk to them. Like, you can get some broad strokes here and there. But if you don't actually 
like sit and talk to him. Like I said, you could do no more than broad strokes because. Yeah, you, you, you're, you're taking the individual out of the individual diagnosis, <laughs> you know. Anyway, but that all goes back to mom fucking. And, and like you guys said, he didn't want to fuck his mom, but his mom wanted to fuck him. That's weird. Like, I was not, that part of it, I guess I wasn't expecting that particularly. When she was like, hey, son, I could be your queen. We could fuck. I was like, whoa. That's when I, like, realized it was Hamlet. Whoa. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I yeah. get that. I just, I didn't think that they were going to go to that level with it. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, like Justin said, like, oh, your sword is long. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> that is your son. Yeah, I went. Uh-huh. Well, first I chuckled because, because <laughs> yeah. I just. <laughs> what the fuck are you supposed to do in that but situation? Because I just you're thought, just like, because at first I just thought, okay, that was. I need to get my head out of the gutter. But then it went that direction. And I was like, oh, I was on point. <laughs> You're like, Justin, no, you can't think about him. Like, the mom doesn't want to fuck her kids. Stop it, Justin. You need to quit thinking those things. I want to fuck my son. Never mind. I was right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I was on point. I mean, now Nicole Kidman, I got to give it to her. I mean, she fully like... She 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 met the the acting needed for this woman, this opportunistic and kind of sick twisted woman. I mean, she met it in the acting category. But yeah, that was disturbing. <laughs> and and to be fair to Nicole Kidman, I would assume that'd be fairly easy to do when it's Alexander Skarsgard in front of you and it's also not your actual son. Like yes. correct. Yeah. You know, yes, that, he's not I'm sure actually that helped that much younger like that was the thing for me i was like I, I don't know how old technically he's supposed to be but their age difference is like not that far apart for me to believably think that nicole kidman is his mom that's fair but i mean mm. i'm not gonna lie that was probably also the easiest acting she had to do in this movie like acting like you want to fuck alexander skarsgård like that's the <laughs> easiest thing to fucking do in this movie like <laughs> I could have believably been that part. Like, yeah, put me in front of him. I could act like I want to fuck him because I probably do. Just throwing that out there. It's that's very easy to do. So as you know, as weird as the scene might have been, it's probably the most naturally acted scene in this movie. I say that anybody wanting to fuck Alexander Skarsgård in this movie probably had the easiest day on set that day. Just because I mean, he did look raw. I mean, I'm sure he did thousands of crunches. I'm sure of it. Did you notice that, what's his name, Thor Bergmanson? Or whatever, however the fuck you say his name. Did you notice he slimmed down a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, he had slimmed down a little bit. I didn't realize the mountain. Who's that? The mountain from Game of Thrones. Uh, he played yeah, the yeah. big guy on the, the sports game. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that sure was him. And yes, he has slimmed down a bit. I think it's because he's not professionally weightlifting anymore. Like, I think actually he wanted to get into MMA at one point. But, yeah, he's 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 no longer as big 
probably because he's not eating 9,000 calories a day to keep up with this fucking training <laughs> regimen. And for what it's worth, um, the the opposition, Fionir, Clive's bang, was in shape too. I mean, I got to hand it to yeah, him. Yeah, he was ripped, you know. Man. Sometimes you got to yeah. be a yeah. He was he was in shape too, man. Like so, he he needed to be the opposition, and he was that. Like even Willem Dafoe wasn't terribly out of shape. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, especially Good for his age and stuff Willem like Defoe. that. Willem Dafoe like had some musculature to him. He, you know, it wasn't ripped abs, but he still had some abulars in there. You could see some little ablets. I'm like, there you go, Willem. <laughs> ablets. <laughs> Have you seen any pictures of younger William Defoe? Like when he was in his 20s and stuff? No. Somebody oh, had dude. that going around. Man, he motherfucker you know, looked like a like he had a he had a kind of a James Dean kind of thing going on. And I, I was like, like all right, now. you know, I was like, all right, Defoe. He all looks, right. he looks kind of like a slightly evil James Dean. Yeah. Zoom Defoe does have a slight evil face. Yeah. You know, but, and I don't mean that in yeah, a bad way. He was eyes. handsome. He was handsome eyes. in the pictures. <laughs> no, I mean, but that's also why he does a great villain job, you know? Yeah. Cause he's yeah. got, a, he whenever he's he does that, that face. when he does the evil face, you're like, yep, that's an evil face. But no, he he. Everybody in this movie just had some musculature to, to him. I'm like, damn. Vikings be doing that fucking CrossFit or some shit. <laughs> they be rolling like Viking tires or some shit. I don't know. I'm just like, damn. Maybe I need to get on that paleo diet. I never fucking do that. Fuck that noise. <laughs> I don't understand the point of paleo. Maybe Justin, I don't know. I don't know if you, what you do anymore, but I'm like, who the, what, why does anybody want to do a paleo diet? They're like, yeah, we're going to eat like people did back in the paleolithic area. You mean when people died when they were like 29? Yeah, I don't get that like, either. What, why the fuck are we looking to them and going, yep, peak of human nutrition. When you get a cold, then you're probably going to die. <laughs> Like, yeah, they must have known so much about good shit. What the fuck is that mindset? Like, and uh, the only people I think that piss me off more than, like, paleo people are raw vegans. I understand being a vegan, but being a raw vegan, when they're like, I don't eat food that's cooked. And I'm like, yes. That is the paramount of fucking privilege. Oh, that's a thing? I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. So there's a raw vegan. They don't eat any cooked food. Huh. So if they eat nuts, it's raw. If they, you know, lettuce, carrots, anything they eat vegetable-wise is raw. Like, Interesting. And I'm like, is that not the peak of privilege? That you have such an abundant amount of being able to get food that you can choose whether or not you fucking cook it or not? Like, what the fuck is that? And they, because to me, they are even more annoying than vegans. I know vegans get the whole rap of being annoying, but it's even worse when it's a vegan and then they don't cook their food. And they want to act like they are that much better. Like, I eat raw carrots. 
Okay, I'll eat a fucking cooked carrot too, motherfucker. You're not special for eating a raw carrot. Like, (laughs) eating raw lettuce. Cool. How else do you fucking eat lettuce? You don't cook it. Like, they're not, you know, like, they're just fucking weird about it. (laughs) Wow. Anyway. Yeah, that all just goes back to, like I said, paleo diets. Because, like, I guess that's almost kind of what they'd be in this era. But, like, ugh. I hope paleo. I hope paleo people don't watch this movie and go see proof that paleo works. And just going, you do realize it's a movie and it's still made now, right? <laughs> like they're still using modern nutritional standards. That's how you actually get that body. That's true. You know what nobody looked I mean, like back then? Those these people. So I guess technically, I mean, what we were talking about earlier with like what Vikings actually look like, it would probably be more of what the mountain in this movie looked like huskier yeah it's actually going to be more akin to how the 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 mountain looked in in game of thrones okay yeah even even huskier you know uh there was a wrestling tag team on the wwe for a while the viking raiders and one of them's a big guy yeah that's kind of how vikings looked like yeah because that's also the thing if you were that kind of warrior and stuff like that it meant you got more food you know, like that's the other side of it too. You got more food than other people. So you could be on the husky side. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the, that's kind of like showing how like good and strong you were. That if you're able to like live that long and get that big, that meant you were good. Cause that means you were beating other people and getting more food. So, yeah, I mean, and it's that same thing about yeah. like, back in the day that if you were more on the heavy set or overweight side, that actually meant that you were rich because you had the food to eat. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's the same type of standard with it. Um, but going into that one big, one big issue I do have with this movie that we didn't talk about yet. I have a weird problem with movies that are like I said at a different time period or set in a different country. And they speak English. I'm fine with that because the whole point of it is it's understood that they're speaking whatever language would be natural to them. But as the the watcher, you hear it in English. I'm fine with that. My problem is, is when they do that in movies, but then they also still then speak in foreign, the same foreign language and then subtitle it also. Yeah, like just randomly throwing it in. Yeah, that's weird. Because then you're defeating the purpose of being in English the whole rest of the movie. Yeah. Like that's fair in this movie. Mm -hmm. Now there are a couple of times they actually go to different languages in the movie. And I kind of understand that then being in the foreign language, because it's technically away from the language that's quote unquote understood, you know, like sometimes Anna Taylor joy's character starts speaking in like a foreign language and stuff like that. Well, that's because she's supposed to be Slavic. Mm. So she's not speaking in Norwegian. She's speaking in Slavic. So I understand that because the whole point is that the other characters would hear her talking in a foreign language. You know, so I get that aspect of it. But there's that whole scene with that that shaman after he's an adult that has the Willem Dafoe, Dafoe skull. He's speaking in like goes back and forth between English and another language. And that makes no sense because that's supposed to be a Norwegian thing. Unless the argument is that he's technically 
I don't know what how you would say this, but Greenlandian? Because technically that part of the movie takes place in Greenland. Is that what they're saying? Or is that Iceland? Is it Iceland? Iceland. It was Iceland. Is, is yeah. Iceland. Yeah. So he's Icelandic? Is that what they're saying? That he's Icelandic and going back and forth? But it's still like that part bothered me though. Because it makes no sense to go like that. Because then also every character in this movie felt like they also knew every fucking language. And especially back then, that wouldn't be as common. Anna Taylor-Joy's yeah. character was a slave, but she knew like four fucking languages. Yeah. yeah. And they're not even all root languages. Like she knew, she knew Slavic and Norwegian, and you could argue they're similar enough, whatever. But then she also knew Russian because the beginning invasion of this movie, the land of Russ, that's Russia. You know, that's just how he was referred to back in the day. But she also apparently knew Russian. Like Russian and in, 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 in some of the Scandinavian languages aren't that closely related to be. The, they're just interchangeable. And not to say that people didn't know other languages back then, but you more often than not didn't travel enough to need to know that many languages. Very few people traveled that much to need to know those things. Because typically it's travelers that have to learn the other language. You know, you learn the language of where you're going so you can do business there. People, but that your normal sense. average people didn't learn shit like that. So that was like, and like, that's a very nitpicky thing. Like I still have broader issues with the movie, but it's one of those things when you're watching a movie and you see it and it's something that annoys you, you're like, ah, that thing that annoys me. That was weird. You guys got any more thoughts? Things you want to say? Something else I thought that was kind of funny at towards the beginning when Ethan Hawke's character is, you know, gets shot with all the arrows. There is one like just straight up through his neck. So I'm like wondering, like, how is he how is he talking the way that he was talking with just an arrow in his throat. Like <laughs> it didn't make sense to me. I'm like, you know, I mean, he was a little grovelly sounding or whatever, but he was just straight up having full sentences with just a arrow sticking out of his neck. And I thought that was kind of funny, but, um, and then <laughs> the boy, when, you know, when, when he's a boy and he's like, you know, trying to run away from these people trying to kill him. And he goes back to the village where everybody's being killed. I didn't understand why, for one, why wouldn't he just wait in that hiding place he was at until he knew all of those people had passed, right? Or when he got to the village, running around with like this red blanket over him, just completely obviously there. Like, I didn't <laughs> understand that choice. I'm like, I would have hidden away or I would have just pretended to be dead. Like, I would have sat on the ground, maybe had a blanket over me and just sat there pretending to be dead until they left. Like, I just didn't understand. I know he's a little boy, but I'm like, there's so many just other options you had than just let's put on a blanket and run around while they're still there. Like, nothing's wrong. <laughs> like, it was just a very weird choice. But no, it wasn't. It was very visually weird because like, yeah, it's the scene where he thinks his mother's screaming, but she's, according to her, laughing, which in all honesty could have been both. Yeah. Like, there's some complexities with that character. And her main motivation just being survival. So yeah. she'll say whatever to survive that moment. 
So I get that. But it's like that scene's happening and he runs like 10 feet away, like around it. Like very right. visually, like his uncle and mother are right there watching little boy in red cloak run by. Right. And I'm like, how did nobody also try to like say, hey, who's this person running around? Let's kill them. Yeah, because they were like all about <laughs> killing everybody. Yeah. And they're and just like, like nope, uh, just let, pretended he was dead. Let that person run by. It's fine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the way it was shot, it it did look like he walked just a few feet and then got to the boat and it was just nobody over there. It, it was weird how it was shot. It was that, like he ran by, he saw his mother being carried. You saw all these people killing people and stuff. And he just sort of ran to the left. Yeah. And when yeah. there was a boat and then he left, that's what it looked like. Now, probably right. now, maybe the way they cut it, I guess we were supposed to assume he ran a great distance or something like that. But I don't know. It, maybe that could have been depicted a little better. He could have hid until it was nighttime or, you know, maybe if some guards were asleep and he ran by him and it was nighttime or something and he kind of got away because he stayed hidden until like they couldn't really. Yeah see him or something i don't know maybe the, maybe there could have been a better choice there but it just seemed to me like he just ran by them like he put the cloak on and he just He's ran just like, by them <laughs> and went and ran to the left 10 yeah 20 steps and then he was at that boat that's what it looked like <laughs> well i mean and i think I, maybe it's just Maybe it's just me, but like my natural reaction, if people were chasing me and I found a hiding spot where they couldn't see me, I would stay there until I heard everybody was gone. Like I would be like, I'm not going to move. I probably wouldn't be able to move. But like, I just was like, why didn't he just stay in that little, whatever he was hiding, that little nook out in the forest until they left. He just like immediately was like one guy passes and he decides he's going to get up and run. And I'm like, why, why don't you just stay there for a while, like a little bit? But yeah, I don't know. I, I just think in general, like I would, I would very easily be able to say this was a weird movie. Like some of the choices they made were weird as far as like how they're telling the story. Like it just felt like a lot of the, there, there were just a lot of scenes where you feel like the characters are like on something with like how they're visually showing you things just coming at you like real fast. You know what I mean? And it was just very, it was just very weird, some of the like transition scenes or things like that. So, but um, it was cool, but it was just kind of like, there's a lot going on right now. What are all these images? What does this mean? Like, <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, it, I do think that the, I don't know. I, I do think that looking back, I should have probably seen that the mom was, in on the whole killing the king thing because even in that first little scene where you see them all together and like the jest is like making fun of her and then the guy comes to her defense so like heroically of like don't make fun of her or whatever and the king was just like oh it's fine it's just a joke like even in that moment you should have been like oh yeah these two clearly are together because he has like this real he's he's really defensive against her you know what i mean like he wanted to protect her so much. So it's like looking back, you can see moments where obvious, obviously she's in on it, you know, but yeah, I, I genuinely thought though that what was going to happen is she didn't know that he was responsible for the King's death. 
that uh, Fjolner was, I, I thought that it was going to be like, he was going to reveal to her that, you know, oh, Fjolner is the one who killed the king, who killed my dad. And she was going to be like, no, that's not true. And like, just had no idea. That's the direction I thought they were going to take with that when they were confronting, when Nicole Kidman and Alexander Skarsgård characters were confronted by each other. So, and that's why when we talk about that twist, which the twist was, and I'm assuming it's the same twist that you're talking about with, Mm -hmm. you know, where she's the one who ordered the king to be killed and asked him to be killed um, and wanted the kid to be killed too, you know, like that. I was like, oh, okay. You know, I honestly thought it was going to be like, oh, I didn't know he was doing that. And I I just thought it was going to go a different direction. So that is why I was a little bit surprised by that part. I don't know if that's what you were thinking, Jackson, but I know that's what my mind was going to with it. Okay. A a little different, but kind of in a similar ballpark. I thought that she was like, I, I thought that maybe the life situation would have changed her. Like one of those things where I love him now and we have a kid together and condition. Yeah. I know that, that he killed your father, but I don't want you to kill him because, you know, life with him has changed my opinion of him. And I want you, my son, to forgive him. I thought maybe it would be something like that. Like, he would be like, I'm here to save you, mother. And she'd be like, no, I don't want to be saved. (laughs) Life is good. You know what I'm saying? I thought maybe there would be that. But I, what I did, but the aspect I didn't expect was for it to go just full Hamlet. Because I had no idea that this was, that the Hamlet story was based on this or anything like that. Had no idea about that. So, I thought maybe it would be one of those things where he's like, mom, I'm here to save you. And then come to find out, no, she likes this life. She loves him now. And I didn't think she, it was a conspiracy. You know, I didn't think she would be part of a conspiracy, but I thought that life would have changed her. And she was hoping that maybe he would forgive him and not do this. I thought maybe she would beg for, him or something like that. I, I I had the feeling that she would not want Fiona to be killed. I, I knew that, but the reasonings that. was what I didn't see coming. Because there was that scene sort of at the beginning where we're with um, the father and she's like, you know, let's make love. And he was like, nah, I care about honor and stuff. You know, <laughs> no, I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm I'm over here thinking about honor and stuff. And I mean, I get it, man. But come on, man, it's Nicole Kidman, like, yeah. But can't also, honor, his, can't honor his, wait. He, he, he was stabbed. <laughs> he was also, huh? you know, physically ripped open. Yeah, that's like. true. But um, I don't know. I just feel like I'd make a way. But maybe I'm just <laughs> maybe I'm just biased. <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay, man. Yeah, you could do a you lot know. worse than Nicole Kidman. I understand that. I thought while, the way Josh split open. it, it was fair. <laughs> while split open. 
Um, but but no. So you know, there, so there was kind of that scene, like you know. So I guess they that 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 was their subtle hint and stuff. So I kind of had an inkling. Okay, I don't think Nicole Kidman. I don't think Mom is going to want him to do this. But I was just totally off about the reasonings when she was like, "Nah, man, I begged," which was a great scene. I begged Fiona to kill him. <laughs> I begged Fiona, please yeah. kill your father. That was damn, you know. And Skarsgård did a good job. The the realization of that that your mom is just like hella opportunistic and kill even, my son and yeah, my husband. Yeah, even made a passage. You like, well, if you well, you know, obviously you're younger and. I mean, obviously you do the you do the Viking CrossFit. So if you do kill him, then why not us? You know, she was just the ultimate yeah. opportunist in a lot of yeah. ways. No, that's a good way to put her, like opportunist. Yeah. 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 I mean, the and this is one of those stories where it's very interesting that pretty much every character in it, they're not all good or all bad they're you know what I mean like they they have such complexities to them as far as like um you know like Fjolnir he was uh Fjolnir however you say his name he he was a terrible violent villainous person but the fact that no he actually legitimately loved the mom you know the queen he loved her and his love for her was pure and everything he did for her was because of his love and not out of like duty and because he had to. Um, so, mm. you know, it was just, and then, you know, Nicole Kidman's character who is, you know, this honorable queen and whatever else and trying to, you know, raise her, her sons and all this stuff, but she's the one who wanted the King dead. And just everybody in the story is, not all good or all bad. You know, they've all done things that are like, I, it's hard to root for this person right now, but then you see the good things they've done too. So it's very, it's a very conflicting thing, but I like it because that's the humanity of the characters. Like they really show the humanity of everybody has this brutal, you know, animalistic side, like Alexander Skarsgård's character, but also he, wanted to honor his father like there's it's just showing the humanity of the good and bad of every character in this movie yeah and one of the things too even with the main guy i mean early on in the movie he sacks a village they throw women and children in a building and burn it and he just stands there yeah stands there and watches all these people get murdered yeah yeah no fucks And you're given. just like, how is this our, how is this our protagonist? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, is I don't know if I would actually call Nicole Kidman's character an opportunist. I would, I would actually classify, classify her more as a survivalist. Whatever it yeah. took to, to survive. Whatever it took to survive. Yeah. I, I, I could see that. I could totally see that. Yeah. You know, and I th- I think that that's how she was with it. You know, even when she was like, I used to be a slave, you know, how do you get out of slavery? You marry the king, you know, how do you get out of a bad relationship with the king? You get the king's brother to kill him and then you marry that guy, you know, <laughs> how do you, how do you not get killed by the guy that wants to kill your husband? 
Say you'll fuck him too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Your sword long, man. Let's go. You survive. Try to live. <laughs> like, you know, so I mean, that's, that's kind of more how I would classify her character was, you know, a survivalist. Um, but I mean, the thing with this movie is, though, that, like, I think what this movie does well is it does, it does the big parts well. Where it kind of has some issues is kind of the small parts. You know, when you look at something like, uh, like we were talking about, like the transition from the kid running away to, you know, he runs you know, 10 feet around these people right in front of them and then goes behind two houses and all of a sudden he's at the ocean with a boat, you know? Yeah. It's some rough transitions with some of that stuff. I think this movie has a lot of problems with the small transitional parts and elements of its story. And it probably has to do with the fact that it's just folklore. A lot of Mm. folklore stories, you kind of just tell the big parts and you keep it going. You know, you don't sit there and go, and then he helped carry out does some hay. You know, you don't, you don't talk about those things. You know, in the folklore, you don't talk about how he had to run by this and do that. You say he ran away and got in a boat and paddled out, you know, to sea. That's what you say in a folklore, you know, so you don't have to show any of that shit. So it had some trouble doing those transitions probably because the source material didn't really give a lot of those transitions. I could see that, you know, and you're right. Like both of you are right. When you talk about some of just the, the transitions were rough or almost like sometimes they were just so abrupt. Like whenever we're seeing the ritual with young Skarsgård with, um, father and son and they're doing that whole ritual of the wolves and everything you know and the 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 bleeding and to to touch your father's innards (laughs) so that you can understand how to be a king later or something so when they're doing all of this all of okay so all of that happens right and visually you're just like wow man this is crazy right and so he does that and then all of a sudden, it it just abruptly cuts to that tree, that family tree where you see, um, yeah. you know, his father hanging, and then it, it it scrawls up, and then you see the young son all looking king, princely or whatever, like, oh, he's going to be the king of the future, and that was abrupt. I was like, where are we? You know, when it first happened, I think I'm not going to lie. I, I was like, like, like where are we? You feel like you're high or something when you're watching parts of this movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, what didn't it feel like that though? Like, I, I, I was do like, think wait, that where imagery. are we? And then I went, oh, this is a family tree. It took a second right. though. <laughs> I well, thought we I, were transformed somewhere. You know, I do I, think, I do think that that imagery ties into Norse mythology with the tree of life. Okay, cool. So that's why I was there. But just in the I, movie, it was like, oh, exactly. I was like, wait, that's the problem. If you're not completely <laughs> up with Norse mythology and understand the tree of life <laughs> and it interconnecting the nine realms and Ragnarok is part of it dying, but the humanity and gods that survive Ragnarok survive inside the tree of life. And there's a serpent underneath it, killing the roots. And 
Yeah, if you don't really know all that, you're just like, man, yeah, this is a weird fucking tree out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's cool, but what is this? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was just totally like, huh? Like, why is this happening? And then I went, oh, okay, so this is a family tree. And then later when it happens, and then, you know, and you see the two, the two, the two babies, I'm like, oh, the tree, look, there's, there, she's going to have two. You know, but but it, yeah. <laughs> and even still, that was a little abrupt too. It was just like he was looking at her, and then all of a sudden, it was like tree, two babies. And I, but but at least that time, I was kind of like I had accepted the abrupt tree. I'm just gonna call it that. <laughs> just the 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 interrupt tree. I, I had accepted <laughs> it. I was like, oh, we're being interrupted again. Oh, twins, you know. But yeah, that tree was abrupt as hell. See, and that's what I mean by like, you get these images coming at you real fast out of nowhere and you're like, what's happening? And even when like, you know, um, um, Amlesh, was that his name? Anyways, but yeah, when he's like plotting his revenge and you just see all of these like flashing like images of different things and I'm like, what is this supposed to be? Like, yeah, so that's what I mean by it feels like you're kind of high in parts of this movie. (laughs) And see, the thing is about it is that scene with the the interrupt tree, as Justin has so named it, <laughs> visually stunning. Yeah. yeah. Half the visually time you're just stunning. like, oh, wow, you know? Yeah. But it's a bunch of bullshit, though, too. It's, it's <laughs> the most visually stunning bullshit you'll ever see. Yeah. Like, they <laughs> exactly. go out of their way to do some of the most visually arresting things you can watch. But then afterwards, you're like, but what the fuck was that? Yeah, that is exactly (laughs) most of this movie. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Or like whenever um, he's on the quest to get the the sword and he get and, you know, he's trying to get the sword from the from the dead guardian or whatever. Yeah. Like, what was that? And they're fighting. (laughs) Did he actually fight him or? Yeah, and then they're fighting, right? Yeah, exactly. Like they're they're fighting, and I'm like, man, that that was an intense fight. But then, and when it cuts, he's. It, it, it was like I was like, oh, so they fought in their minds. He fought in his mind. This was a mind fight. I wasn't quite sure. Justin, <laughs> what right, Justin. happened? Like, <laughs> this is slight this is spoilers for fight? you, Justin, but. In Secrets of Dumbledore, there's a couple of mind fights in that movie. So this is the second time in two weeks we've had movies with mind fights in them. And both going, Hmm. wait, what? Yeah. I guess that's a thing. Yeah. Like, all of them look like, what movie was it? Was it Hero, Jastin? That Jet Li movie where he has a fight with that guy in their minds? Yeah. They were both such amazing fighters that they knew that they could fight in their minds and actually know who would win in the physical world. Like that was the, the, the idea of that fight sequence. And that yeah. was beautiful. And that it was, was wrong. It was epic. <laughs> and it was in the story. It fit because they explained why they did it. And I feel like the director, David Yates and Robert Edgars both recently watched hero within the last like two years and went, Oh my God, we need more mind fights. But then didn't do the work to make the mind fight work in their movies. I mean, same thing with the Green Knight. It was a mind fight. 
There was mind fights in that. Yeah, Why is it with was. all the fucking mind fights? You know what I think works better than mind fights? Fights. Just have have <laughs> them be fights. But again, the visual splendor, like I saw all of that yeah. and I went, oh, it was in his head. Right? Okay. I think. But I think maybe. Man, yeah. that looked cool. And then we were on to the next scene. Yeah. It's true. Like the visuals just, you just accept it because it looks great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you it's know, the most beautiful way of saying nothing. That's really what this movie is. Yeah. You know, it's thing, like though. that guy or gal you take on a date and they're just saying dumb stuff, but they look great, you know? So you just continue. So Justin, perfect analogy. Yeah, Justin, (laughs) you just continue with the date. Is that what? Is that kind of like what your love for Nicole Kidman was in the early two (laughs) thousands? Yeah, man, she's just a bunch of shitty movies, but she looks good. Yeah, these are bad movies, but it's Nicole Kidman, so I'm not going to be mad at you. I'm going to keep watching it. (laughs) Yeah, I was watching them. And that's the thing, too, though. This movie never stops being beautiful. Like, it never Never. stops it. So, no matter how confused you are, you're just still staring at it, just wide-eyed, and, Mm -hmm. you know, and all these things. And you're just staring at it like, wow, that's that's such an amazing shot. I have no fucking clue what's going on at this moment. But, man, I've never been so visually, you know, pleased and confused at the same time. (laughs) <laughs> yeah no for sure yeah yeah and i will say this this is another mini complaint i have kind of like my foreign language thing movies need to get better about showing post-coitalness with people that don't want to be naked in a movie i don't i'm, I'm not shaming anybody that doesn't want to get nude in a movie that's fine that's your choice whatever will not you know blame you for not wanting to do it but directors also need to get better at shooting that because whenever they're having the, you know, the, the slaves are having their pagan love fest in the woods. After Anna Taylor Joy and Alexander Skarsgård bang, they are lying in the most unnatural fucking position in the history the of ever. Thing. Yeah. That like, was... <laughs> she like twists her body almost yeah. completely around. I'm like, nobody sits like that. Like yeah, she's got like her hips going one way, but like her back is flat. Torso is like the other way. Yeah. You know, but yeah. then she's like, I got to commend her also- flexibility, but yeah, that looked uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, let me just lie here comfortably, but not because yeah. nobody sits like yeah. that. Yeah. She yeah. definitely does some Pilates, yoga, something, <laughs> because trust me, that is, I do a little yoga that that was, that couldn't have been comfortable. <laughs> and that's also not what you want to do after sex. I don't know anybody that goes, man, I just banged. Let me do some yoga right now. No, you're, yeah, you're, that's pretty accurate. I, I don't think I've ever felt like doing yoga afterwards. Exactly. It's <laughs> weird. And, and you know, like just said, of the choices, you know, probably not that one. Like if it was yeah. on a list, would not select it. Yeah. And I, <laughs> like I said, I get that Anna, select it. Anna Taylor Joy didn't want to be nude in that scene. I get it. Not not blaming her at all. That is her choice. I respect it 100%. The director just did how he threw a fucking bearskin rug or something over her. You know what I mean? Like a blanket. 
like some bear skins or something. Do that. Yeah. Don't have her contort into an advanced level yoga pose. <laughs> just so you can keep <laughs> them both naked for the scene. You know, like you don't need them to both be naked, but not. But the weird thing is like, and I mean, it definitely could have been a body double or whatever, but earlier in the movie when she's like, you know, is definitely showing herself, but it's far away and it's not her full self. But, you know, like, well, when- I think also the argument is there that that probably was a prosthetic of some sort or a covering. That's not also fair. actually herself. Yeah. 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 You know, that's fair. Could have been. Yeah. You know, like just a pro- like some sort of covering that looks like human anatomy because it's from such a distance yeah. that, you know, that's yeah, fine. That's and fair. I, I think that that's what they were doing with that scene, you know. Um, but yeah, it's just it's it's so weird. Like just you can still imply they just banged and they're both naked in a more natural position instead of doing the whole like camera thing of nope you both have to be facing the camera and like it's just so well, they could have just yeah done where she's sitting normally like he she's just laying normal and he's covering her up like with his arm and they just only show from like here up they could have done that well, yeah just, or have her lying on her back that. just have her lying on her back have yeah. his leg up covering the lower part and his arm covering the upper part bam yeah and she's in a pose yeah. that's natural <laughs> yeah you know she's in a pose that a human being would want to do like i would not be surprised if they came back and said yeah they had to cgi that pose because human beings don't actually bend that way yeah or like i said just throw some some a blanket of like some skins on her you know what i mean like a bear skin thing just have her draped with that like yeah that's that's been every sex scene in every TV show that's not on HBO and every PG-13 movie ever. Just the mm-hmm. blanket that's there. Like, and you tell me you can't do that in this movie? <laughs> like, yeah. you're in Iceland. You know, it's going to get cold. Nobody's going to harp on you for having a blanket. Like, it's, right. you know. Plus, did she wears like a cloak thing most of the time. Just have that. You know? <laughs> yeah. Especially because they start in one position and have her move to that unnatural position. Instead of doing that, start in position A, have her like show that she's nuzzling him to get warm, and he pulls the cloak on top of her also to help warm her. Bam. Problem solved. Mm-hmm. So many other realistic ways to have done that. Yeah. yeah. It's just they had a lot of options, it seems like. <laughs> Just, you know, anything that makes sense over the way they fucking handled it in this movie. Like, but then again, it's still a visually good scene. It's just, they make it very weird and unnatural. And I'm like, I don't know why you would do that. So. Yeah, just don't get it. I mean, it makes you wonder too, like, in Alexander Skarsgård, like, in his characters traveling around, like, was that probably his first time with a woman you know like i mean and he talked about how he's never been close to anyone before and like the way he travels and stuff and mostly just killing people like do you want the real answer or do you want like the good story answer 
<laughs> Give me the real answer. You know the real answer? If they went based on a real answer and like kind of what they were doing back then, now nah, he probably raped a lot of women. Yeah. Yeah, just given how they were. That's kind of the thing, rape and pillage. Yeah. 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 But I mean, I'm just saying like the way in the story that they like portray him and his being alone all the time. Like, I'm just like, was that like the first woman he was with? I mean, that's kind of how they almost played it, really. Maybe in like a loving, consensual way. Yeah. <laughs> For the story's sake, you know. No, There's but only so much of that they can put in one movie, I guess. I'm just saying they probably he's probably done it before. In probably not as nice a way. In the movie yeah. and whatnot. Yes. Just, got it. It's kind of the par for the course back in the day, unfortunately. So yeah. uh any other thoughts about this movie though, guys? No. No, I think we hit it. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening to this episode of the Simulators podcast. Uh, check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com. Uh, Facebook, we're cinema underscore slayers. Twitter and Instagram, we're... Wait, I fucked that up. Facebook, we're cinema slayers podcast. Twitter and Instagram, where we are cinema underscore slayers. Uh, TikTok, we're cinema slayers pod. Uh, YouTube, search cinema slayers. You'll find us, cinema slayers podcast. Um, and we are, you know, doing audio onlys right now. We're getting ever so close. Ever so close. This yep. is episode, what, 197. Episode 200 will be that big old moon night. And that'll be the full video. You'll get to see our faces, and you'll get to see me make these weird faces of what the fuckness. Especially when Justin's sitting there talking about Nicole Kidman and saying, oh, she's just great from, you know, new. And then you'll see me go, what the fuck? And then you'll see me my phone searching. So you'll get to see stuff like that. And all these wild faces I make when I say things like that. Um, so, yeah, get ready for that. Episode 200. Uh, give us a five-star rating review. We'd really appreciate that. It really help us out. The algorithm and whatnot dictates that it helps us. So we ask for it. Uh, tell your family. Tell your friends. Tell your friends' family. Tell your family's friends. And most of all, uh, tell those dear sweet mothers. Because I remember a lot of mothers loving True Blood. And a lot of mothers loving Eric <laughs> on True Blood. And... Hey, Eric's more Eric-y in this. He's put on a good 30 pounds, but it's all muscle. Eric-y. <laughs> he is. You know, so I'm just saying. Do that. Um, And, you know, last but not least, as I in the TikToks and as I in this podcast, even the bonus episodes, as Justin found out, even as I in the bonus episodes, just remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is the best picture winner. So I've been thinking, if I had my own interrupt tree, what kind of tree would I get? Somebody will listen to me. Did you say tree? Nobody knows anything but you. Should I have a weeping willow tree? All right. Are you ready? Yeah. Come on. I don't know. Maybe like cinema slayers. So I think my interrupt tree would be a pecan tree. Not a peach tree or an apple tree? Oh, I love apples too. 
Don't make this hard. <laughs> I'm going to go with pecans. That's my last resort. I do think a weeping willow, though, it's very iconic looking. Of all Definitely. the tree types, it's infinitely more distinctive than like an apple tree or a pecan tree that just kind of look like trees. True. You know? True. So I guess you're taking the willow then? You would want the weeping willow would to take, interrupt your life. I would take a willow like, or like a cherry weeping blossom willow. tree. Just ah, something that ooh, visually. Cherry blossom. Cherry yeah, blossom just trees are beautiful. Visually looks different than just, you know, generic ass tree. A pine tree would work. You know, or even even like a sequoia or something where it's just so fucking massive. Just something that like <laughs> can visually distinctify itself over just tree. <laughs> You know, I just don't know if I'd want, you know, the same type of tree looking fucking thing that's like in any kid's book that's T is for tree. And it's just <laughs> basic ass tree. There's a tree. Bam. Yeah. I guess, uh, you know, if it was a weeping willow or a cherry blossom tree, that'd be kind of nice to be interrupted by that. Like, yeah. yeah. And like I said, then they would also know that that's your tree. Be like, oh. It's a willow, weeping willow tree. That's a, that's Jastin's tree. You know? Yeah. Whereas if it's a pecan tree, then they have to look for the interrupt pecans on the tree. <laughs> like as it's scrolling mm -hmm. through the tree, they're like, wait, is that a pecan or is it something else? I don't know. I don't know if this is Jastin's interrupt tree or not. Cause I'm looking for pecans. <laughs> You know, I just thought it'd be kind of tasty to be interrupted that way. Like, you know, <laughs> oh, do you get to eat interrupt tree product? Mm. Do you get to eat interrupt pecans, Justin? <laughs> if it's his tree, I guess so. Yeah, I get to eat them. I mean, and also since it's kind of magical, why didn't you do something like a like a salmon tree or something? Where it's just perfectly cooked salmon bites all over the tree. It's magical. Oh, that would we be do whatever you want. Sick. That would be sick. <laughs> See, it's your interrupt tree, so do what you want. If it's that case, I would do a money tree. Uh, so it's just <laughs> money all over the place. Be like, money doesn't grow on trees unless you're Sterling, because his interrupt tree yeah. is a money tree. <laughs> be like, fuck yeah. That's a good one. Yep. I am you know, quite certain that we are the only podcast in the world <laughs> that reviewed this film and wound up and landed somehow on an interrupt tree. I, I think that we might be the only people to have done this. I That should be what we're known for, for sure. Yeah, I will <laughs> even go as far as saying, Justin, that I think you coined the term. Interrupt tree. Yeah. I've never heard that before. Yes. I don't think Interrupt it existed tree. before this episode, Justin. Yeah. Oh. Thanks, Nicole Kipman. This is your fault. <laughs> don't give her credit for shit. Jastin, remember Bewitched. Don't give her credit for shit. Uh, okay, you just end it. Stop. 
just end it. <laughs> All right, I'm out. <laughs>